This episode of Booster Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Bluetooth Breakaway, where we do bonus OTs and all that good, good stuff. And some more nonsense coming your way. I'm doing a Taco Bell episode in the next week or two. I ate way too much Taco Bell last week to prepare for that. And that's another story. Uh, talk New York sports with our friends Fitz today. Do some summer hot takes. Gallant is getting introduced today as you're listening to this. I'm sure it was live on MSG 1, 2, X, MSG, Triple HD, or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure it was live somewhere. You could probably watch it one place. Who knows? All right. Here's the episode with Greg and I. He's actually in a Mets game right now. I'm positive. And uh, hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Here we go. Transit. Uh, whatever. Here's start the Mark Messier. Here we are. Okay, cool. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Fans. Welcome to the Butcher's Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com slash Butcher's Breakaway. Have you ever heard of it? you ever read about that? Here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Gregory, say hello. I'm just sitting here wearing my Game 7 merch because I'm just a fan of Game 7s. I just love Game 7s. Sports. Sports, baby. It's been good. Uh, I have I have a take. It's, oh. it's okay that Pollock used his hand to stop the goal because the Tampa Bay Lightning have a lot more money on their cap. So you can use your hands to stop goals if you're a player, if the other team is above the cap. I think that's cool. The Lightning are $18 million over the cap. Right. Do, and they don't can't you think, beat the Islanders. Don't you think $18 million is worth using your hands to stop a goal? Yeah. Well, it, I, I, I can get behind this. Okay. I, get, I can get behind the, the theory of, you can spend X amount of dollars over the salary cap, but for every $1 million you spend over the salary cap, the opposing team gets to break a rule. I like this. Like, you get, like, five to ten seconds of too many men on the ice and they don't call it. Right. Maybe you right. can hit somebody directly in the face, break their nose, blood over the ice, and the, the refs won't call anything. Like, they, no, that, any, that would never any, happen unless the team was over the cap. <laughs> any anytime, anytime Kucherov is on the ice, the mm-hmm. Islanders get to ice as many players until they equal the salary cap hit for the entire Lightning line. Oh, that's interesting. I like that, right? Yeah, so like, that's a good one, Kucher, too. Kucherov, Stamkos on the same line. Headman's out there on defense with McDonough. All of a sudden, it's like a $40 million line, right? And the Islanders <laughs> just get to be like, all right, if they got $40 million on the ice, we get $40 million on the ice. But they get to use as many players as they want. Look at They just have to get the $40 million. <laughs> Leo Komarov out there like, I make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the problem, though. Komarov doesn't make a dollar. Like, they'd have to bench Komarov even more and just play all the children who are on entry-level deals. Oh, man. Fun times. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that series might go 7 too, but... It's really looking brutal. Finally, though, the Corgi that has gotten that every single Islander game right has been wrong for the first time. It had the Tampa Bay Lightning go out 3-1. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a Corgi on TikTok that pretty much hits balls into nets or whatever it is, or barrels, whatever you want to call them, bins. And uh, he's gotten everything right up until this moment. So hopefully this is a curse for the Islander fans. I have no idea. Shout out Bob Kawa. Yeah. That's all I know. There you go, Corgis. Uh, I, I did a tweet. I did a tweet okay. on Friday called Summer Hot Takes, and I thought we could do a little segment reviewing some of these. Okay. Because I thought this would be fun. Hey, listen, we're in summer nonsense mode now. Uh, 
Here's all the news. Gerard Gallant did an interview. He said, yeah, I'm the coach now. And he also said some really sad stuff, like his sister passed away the day he became Ranger coach. Yeah, really sad stuff. But otherwise, he said absolutely nothing. And was like, yeah, we got a great hockey team. It was tough out there. There was a lot of rumors about me forever. I didn't know where I was going to play. Now I'm a Ranger coach. Cool. That's the summary of what's happened in the past week. Has there been anything in the Ranger like news sphere that we've missed? Because to me, nothing has really happened other than the we we clearly broke down. If you haven't listened, if you want to listen to this, Gregory, Gregory and I do last week on our OT. We break down negotiating through the media. 40 minutes, like, insanely in-depth because people people out there are saying, you know, in lowercase and, and capital font uh, that the Rangers are out on Eichel, when that's just not as true. It's not true. It's just it's not true just at all. Not true. Um, we should make note that we are recording on Sunday. We are. So when news finally happens on Monday, I'm sure I'm going to have to do an insert with you from the City Field bathroom. Yeah, worst yes, comes I'm to just... worst, you call in, we'll do 10 minutes. Yeah. Could be worse. Uh, also, if you want a real mind fuck. Sure. Go to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Enter the name Gerald Gallant, not Gerard. Oh, Gerald no. Gallant. <laughs> Fucks you up. Makes you think. Couple, just a dude piecing things together. All I'm saying. Professional uh, basketball uh, player? Oh no, he is not a. He's a professional, <laughs> but he ain't a basketball player. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna Did keep. No, I didn't find it yet. I'm looking. Oh, you'll you'll find it. It'll hit you like a ton of bricks. Contract um, killer. <laughs> <laughs> Who admitted to 27 murders and 12 attempted murders between mm-hmm. 1978 and 2003 in Quebec? Yep. Oh, no. I'm just saying, have you ever seen Gerard and Gerald in the same room at the same time? I don't know. It does seem like an interesting alias, allegedly. Do, do we think that's why he can't last more than two and a half years in one know. place? Because you, he's just got he's to run. If you Google Gerard Gallant, that other guy's picture comes up under the images. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right. Oh, I'm just saying. We gotta I'm help saying. this guy out. Oh man. I, no, I, I think I think we make it perfectly clear that we will never say a bad word about Gerard Gallant on this <laughs> podcast ever again. We that always is... loved him. By the way, in case anybody was wondering, we were always super yeah. excited. Right. He was no, the... we were we were in from the jump. Yep. If you go back and you listen to all our shows, I deleted those episodes. Ever, I'm just deleting, ever I'm deleting since them right now. The Rangers yep. hired David Quinn. We were like, well, I know. I mean, Gerard Gallant. Right He's why out there. Why would you not do it? Don't. We never said don't give me. The reason why we said don't give me Gerard Gallant's name is we didn't want to bring it up, guys. Like it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was scary. We were trying to help him out. You guys were ratting him out. Right. Like narcs. Every single time. It was like, uh, who do you guys want as coach? Gerard Gallant. I'm like, guys, he's on the lamb. Relax. Yeah, <laughs> My dude is trying. Why do, you think, why do you think he was in fucking Latvia coaching a bunch of misfit Canadians? Mm. Part of his ori- origin story. And Schneider was there? Makes mm. you think. Mm. And Colin Blackwell. That man's a oh. smart man. Everybody needs a lawyer. And no one's ever heard of Colin Blackwell before this year. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, man. We're just piecing shit together. Uh, <laughs> hey, anyway. connect the dot guys. That's all we are. So, An- anyway, anyway. Um, you want to do the no, hot takes? No, I, I don't think anything's really going on in the NHL. This is the fascinating thing about the NHL and its offseason slash playoffs is uh, some days it's just scorching hot. Other days, nobody is talking about the sport whatsoever. Do you know what channel Islanders Lightning was on yesterday, Ryan? Uh, I know earlier in the weekend it was USA. I oh, it was U- it was USA last night too. Eight o'clock game. Okay, right? prime time. Mm-hmm. What does NBC go with? Olympic trials. That's fine. Fine. They're not going to be on NBC proper. I get that. Sure. What's on NBC Sports? More Olympic trials. Uh... So the Islanders got booted to fucking USA 
for two different U Olympic trials. I guess like Incredible. the Olympics is like their big thing. It's what they pay the most money for. Not a, not a game, Ryan. Not a game. We're talking about trials. And and one of the most exciting NHL games of the entire season. It's it's almost hard to believe the season is still going. It's almost hard to believe that NBC wanted to actually pay multi hundreds of millions of dollars to keep the NHL. Like, just crazy. get out. What are you doing? If, if, yeah, just get out. <laughs> if you're in bed with the Olympics and they're your big thing, just fuck it. Forget about it. Don't even worry about the NHL. Yeah. Well, they missed out on a great game. That's for freaking sure. Uh, U- congratulations to USA. And congratulations to Islander fans. I, I, uh, I'm really curious to see how these two series plays out because I didn't think Montreal would beat the Knights like this. Did not think got, that would be I happening. Got, I got the I have the Knights tonight, so I'm expecting it to go poorly. Yeah. I'm expecting Golden State. Golden State. Did you see the uh, Marc Andre Fleury uh, reenacting re- re- the putting the puck in the goal in practice? Kind of like that. You know, it's fun. Yeah, that was it. Was Dan Girardi esque? It was fun. He's a good guy. Good guy. Great guy. All right. Um, let's do the hot takes. Sure. So on Friday, I, t- I posted to give me your summer hot takes because I, I always like to see what people come up with. And maybe we'll agree or disagree with some of these. The Rangers will trade the 15th overall pick, but it's not for Eichel. It's for Seth Jones. No. Yeah. No chance in hell. Don't think no so. No chance in hell. Not not just no chance in hell because the Rangers, again, I, I don't think the Rangers are going to make their one big move be a defenseman. We talked about this when we were talking about Zach Wierenski. Mm-hmm. Just the Rangers... If they wanted to, they could do more than one big move. But their first big move will not be and this, Seth Jones. And to be clear, this isn't flaming anybody that gave yeah. a hot take. They're hot takes for a reason. We're right. just talking about we're just, it. We're just two guys talking through it. Yep. Uh, the, the other thing is, I think, I guess my hot take is, I think the, the return on Seth Jones will be higher than the return on Jack Eichel. Boy, I think you might be right. My gut reaction yeah. was, Greg, you're an idiot. And then within .3 seconds, I was like, he's right. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not saying Seth Jones is a better hockey player than Jack Eichel. I'm not saying that Seth Jones deserves to be traded for more than Jack Eichel. I'm just saying, one, the NHL is a very dumb league. Mm-hmm. Two, the people who love Seth Jones fucking love Seth Jones. They go, I, I, and, yeah, I've had some people text me and be like, yo, the Rangers have to get Seth Jones. Like, do they? Yeah. And, and three, Jack Eichel's damaged goods. That's and he's a bit sure. He's a bit dramatic in the eyes of some people. I, I I think Seth Jones will net a better return than Jack Eichel. Should he? Absolutely not. Will he? Yes. That's that's where I'm thinking. This one's from Rick. Morgan Barron makes the team out of camp. Howden is not claimed by Seattle, and Breadman carries the team to the playoffs and wins the heart. Morgan, well, I think Howden, the, Howden won't be claimed by Seattle because he's going to get protected. I think all this is cold, except for the yeah. the heart situation. Or Tammy Panera can win the heart, but it's just unlikely. It's very hard to do that. I think Morgan Barron absolutely makes the team out of camp. I don't think that's even especially, debatable. Especially since the Rangers will not have as many forwards as they currently have. Yeah, and I like Morgan Barron a lot. He's got those. Uh, he's got those Superman eyes. Like the. Hey. He's, you I'm know. still. I'm still fifty fifty on Morgan Barron. He's got. I get big T.J. Rivera vibes. Ooh, from Morgan that's Barron. bad. I don't like that. Okay. Why? He hit like 320. For once. like, yeah, one time. That makes sense. And then he, he needed like two Tommy Johns somehow. He's a fucking infielder, and the Mets broke his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Makes Dude, a thing. This seems impossible. Uh, how did his acclaim by Seattle is like cold as hell? I don't think yeah, that happens. Yeah, because again, I'm still not convinced he's. He like, might, might be protected. It is June 20th. I am just going to operate under the assumption that the man rocket, who can get it, uh, will be protected. That's just. And listen, I understand. I honestly, I understand it. You, you got to wear protection around Brett Howe. That That's guy is just, <laughs> yeah, he gives, it's true. He gives you the look. Visor you're like, down, oh, baby. Shit. Visor down. Yeah, it's like, goddamn. So I, I am moist all of a sudden. How did that happen? 
<laughs> is the ice melting or just me? All right, this Ooh. is from uh, Mr. Pods over here. Rangers should trade for McDavid. Yes. Okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else you wanted me to say there. Not that you knew this was going to be a podcast, but uh, this is from Eric. The Rangers should get as much value as possible out of Georgiev as they can and just roll with Kincaid as backup to Shesty. I think that's in you play. Said, Ryan, you said, but here's the thing, Ryan. You said hot takes. None of these things are hot takes. They're all just fucking logical. I think this is logical, Eric. <laughs> this is this is an extremely reasonable take. And me, yeah. Greg, when you well, I read it, we just both nodded. Like, yeah, mm. you're probably right. Yeah, but we've been on the Rangers should get as much for Georgiev Banrak wagon for 25 months now. We've been saying this forever. Yeah. Just because, again, and we said it then, we'll say it now. It's just backup goalies. Aren't that important? So if some team is out there thinking that Alexander Georgiev isn't a backup goalie, give him to that team. Let them. Let them pay you. This is from Woody Sweats. I like this one. Hottest take has to be the New York Rangers are going to use their one year of crazy cap space to bring in Eichel, and let him get surgery, use the long-term IR cap space, and offer sheet Pedersen at the same time. Strobe goes the other way. Eichel, Mika Pedersen, Hedl with Eichel coming back for the playoffs. That's great, except for the fact that the next year they're screwed. <laughs> well, it, it's also great, except for the fact that, okay, so then we're saying that the Rangers won't have to give up more than one first-round pick yeah. for Eichel, yep. which I'm fine with. That's great and dandy. This is a hot take. Okay, we asked. This is a, this is a hot one. Yeah, it's, it, it's just you start doing the math a little bit. So the Sabres find a way to say yes to an Eichel trade where the Rangers are only giving up their 20 21 first, which is not impacted by offer sheets. Okay. I, I can see scenarios where that happens. And then the Rangers aren't doing the four firsts offer sheet. They're doing the level below, which I think is what? Like eight million, which is the a first, first a second, second, and a third. Else, yeah. Or is it for a first and two seconds? It's it's multiple picks. Mm-hmm. Um not impossible. Se- I do Seattle think- sell oh, Seattle, wow, Jesus. Vancouver celebrates if, if Pedersen same, gets same that. fucking same fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, same cities, if we're being honest. Yeah, here. pretty just, much. Yeah. One's the home of grunge music, and the other is just grungy itself. Um, you figure out which is which. You do the math. Uh, I, yeah, I got to tell you. I'm not sure Vancouver – you said Vancouver happily hits with the five by eight and a half, let's say. That's yeah, I think they were – it's kind of like the Ajo deal where they're like, thank you? Yeah, here's, here, the, the difference here is with the Ajo deal, the – Hurricanes had plenty of cap space, plenty, which is why it was silly to go for Ajo. But then again, you have to go for the guy that wants to say yes. So in, in essence, the Canadians could only do so much. But again, that's why the Canadians should have offered him more money, blah, 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 blah. We're not, we're not going to get into that. The Canucks ain't so cut and dry because Jim Benning's a big, dumb idiot, folks. And they have a lot of – they don't have as much cap space as I think people believe them to have. Um, they've already said this offseason – that because of their cap situation, they don't think they'll have the wiggle room to go long-term on Hughes and Pedersen. So they're hoping those guys just accept. Well, just just go to Braden Point Bridge. and be like, take $5 million for three years and just play at a top five NHL level. No big deal. I mean, the difference is, again, the Rangers wanted to sign Point. I know. And he I, was just the well, one I'm being just, like, I I'm love just, South Florida. I'm just sick that, that he signed for like three years. What was it, 5.5? I'll check right now. Yeah, it's sickening. But that's... That's that's the difference, though, right? So with Point, Point wanted to stay in Tampa, and he wanted to make things work in Tampa. So he gave them a discount. I don't think we have 
any reason to believe Pedersen and Hughes are in love with what's going on in Vancouver, especially considering everything that happened at the end of the season when the variant went through that team Mm -hmm. and the team felt like management threw them under the bus. We know JT Miller, who's been the vocal leader of that locker room, was expressing how angry the entire team was about how the Vancouver season ended because of the NHL. They felt like the NHL railroaded them. They felt like management did nothing to protect them from the NHL. They felt like management didn't have their best interests at heart. So there's chaos happening in Vancouver, which means it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that while, so Hughes is not um, qualifying offer, uh, not qualifying offer, uh, restricted free agent. He's, he, he, he's not, they have his rights. They don't have to worry about another team bidding on him. Right. They don't have that luxury with Pedersen. Both these guys could just say, listen, go fuck yourselves. We want money now because we don't trust you to pay us our money later. That's what Ranger fans have to be hoping for with Pedersen, that he's. That's, that's, that's what every fan of every other team has to be hoping. Yes. You have to hope that maybe not that the relationship is beyond repair. I don't think we're at that point. I think we, again, the NHL is not a smart league when it comes to keeping secrets. So Very if a bad. player is unhappy, guess what? You'd know about it. That's how we know about Seth Jones and Jack Eichel. Um, so we don't have a reason to believe that the relationship is beyond repair, but Pedersen could be like, listen, I've enjoyed my time in Vancouver, but I'm going to shop my services a little bit. And if someone wants to offer me eight and a half million dollars, I'm happy to stay in Vancouver, but you're going to pay me. And I, we don't have a reason to think that that's not impossible. And if they do that, guess what? All of a sudden they don't have as much money as they thought they'd have for Hughes, who again, he can't necessarily go out there and get his own um, offer sheet. But Hughes also could just be like, listen, pay me or I'm going to stay home. Yeah. Bye. I mean, later. I think they've seen, I think they, we're, we're finally waking up to this. The NHL players are kind of seeing what's happening in the NBA where they just force their way out of their situation. And they're like, wow, that kind of works. I guess we'll try and do I the think, same. I, but the crazy thing is NHL players, yes, the player movement era in the NBA, the NHL players should see that and be like, oh shit, we have a lot more power than we think we have. What really happens is Quinn Hughes should take one look at Jonathan VR making three and a half million dollars for the New York Mets to be their 24th most important player and say, you know what? That's a little fucked up that I'm not making as much money <laughs> as the 24th most important player on the New York Mets. Like that's the thing that NHL players should see and be like, you know what? Yeah, this is fucking weird. What Strange. is this? I'm the best player on my team by a lot and I'm in my prime. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that makes you think. Very interesting. Yeah, I just, that, that to me is, there are times where I'm just like, man, it's really funny that I get bent out of shape that Ryan Strom might be asking for $5 million a year. When, like, you think about what $5 million a year gets you in baseball, it's, like, half of Drew Smiley. Half of him. Literally, like, his left arm, and he'll get TJ, like, three days into the season. Not even his left arm. It's just his right arm. You don't even get the one that he pitches with. (laughs) It's brutal, dude. Uh... Uh, some other quick ones real quick from Mick Bearcat. Uh, Gallant is opening to moving a defenseman to the other side, so Schneider is our second pair of defenseman opening night. I don't think Schneider is going to be other, with the team for another year and a half at least. No, and again, I guess li- – listen, Gallant could take one look at it and see – the, the top four worked last year, but he could say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put fucking Keandre Miller with Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren's going to play with Jacob Trubo or he'd like mix those lines up. I don't know enough about what Gallant did in Florida and 
um, Vegas to know if he was cool with playing defenseman on their offhand. I do know he was cool playing babies with veterans, which is why Ekblad played with, I think, Willie Mitchell on the top pairing, and there was like a 20-year gap in how old those guys were. Um, I Listen, I, I, I guess it is safe to say we, so, we shouldn't make any assumptions as to who the pairings and what line combinations will be on opening night because it's a fresh eyes mm-hmm. on fresh players. So would it make sense for Lindgren and Fox to continue to be the team's first pairing for the next 15 years? In some ways. Does it make sense for Gerard Gallant to take a look and see what he wants to do? Absolutely. That's why he's here. Let's see what he got. Two more, and there was a lot more than this, and I appreciate everybody writing in. Adam, etc. Mm-hmm. Kreider, Hedl, Gauthier will become the most devastating productive north-south third line in the league. Mm-hmm. I think it's got potential. Gauthier really needs to like learn how to stay on the ice, a.k.a. earn the coach's trust, so maybe Gallant uses him in a different direction than David Quinn did, which the direction that David Quinn used him was the bench. <laughs> um, he didn't I, play. I, listen, I'm still a brick shithouse believer. He's just... Hard to deny the just, talent. Can't teach size that way. Can't teach size, and you can't teach speed with that amount of size, right? Yep. So everything Gauthier does screams, this guy's going to be a productive hockey player. He just... You want to talk eye test out the wazoo? Julian Gauthier passes the eye test every day. He also passes the eye test because he just loves throwing sticks in people's eyes. It's That's for an sure. uncanny ability of That's his. For sure. I don't know how he does it. He's like, is that your eye? Let me take a closer look. And by take a closer look, I mean I'm going to use this six-foot-long stick to hold your eyelid open to really get in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It. I think Gauthier is secretly going to benefit from the fact that Seattle – I mean, it seems like Seattle might go veteran forward from the Rangers, i.e. one of Rooney, one of Blackwell. That that seems to be the latest scuttlebutt that we're able to pick up. Uh, would it stink? Yes, because I think both Blackwell and Rooney are players that help you win without having to be the most important players on your team. But I, I think Gauthier will 100% benefit from this new focus Seattle is putting on the Rangers potential batch. He's still, he's still what? 24, 25 years old. Yeah, I think it's 23. Yeah. Th- just look at Ryan Strom. You don't have to be a finished product at his age. And if I'll say this, if Gerard Gallant can't get it out of him, I that's give it. Him baby. Barry trots because that's going to be it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I don't, I, I like the idea that that's just a whole pile of meat right Kreider Heedle and Gauthier that's just a lot of man all on that third it's line. just it's very an aggressive an aggressive line like they're going I do, I, very I will, strong I will to the say net. I will say this I would worry that Kreider and Gauthier are a little too similar in this style is like when I hate playing. I hate when Kako and Kreider play together uh, they're not very similar in the style but they just don't complement each other and I'm not sure Heedle's like the strong enough a strong enough passer slash center to actually make this line cook. Yeah, I I, I feel like that line is a lot of uh, insane potential skating. Yes. Yeah, I don't know who the I don't know who the guy is on that line that is setting up plays for anybody. Yeah, Heedle like, can't really. He can, but you, you've seen him this year when you watch Heedle. He kind of made his own things happen where he makes a spectacular play and then just can't finish. 
but he doesn't yeah, really have like the passing ability. Right. Heedle Heedle kind of makes room for himself. Mm-hmm. Chris Kreider is I'm, just a missile who goes in one direction. Yep, and then stands and, in front of the net, and makes things happen. He'll he's really good at scoring goals that are less than three feet. Incredible at it. I will say Gauthier's the wild card in that respect because again, we just don't know. We don't know what else is in his bag of tricks. Yep. We know he likes the high stick, he's got that down. Um, loves it. Everything everything Getting else benched, loves it. Yeah, it's just it's just a whole lot of hopes, dreams, and potential, which I love. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Again, you get a guy that size who's able to do the things he's able to do on the ice, and you just hope that that translates into being a productive long-term hockey player. I just need to see him do it. And again, I know this is going to shock people when we say it because they think we just sit on this podcast and defend David Quinn to the high heavens. Hey, don't you say something bad about David Quinn. I defend him to the high heavens. I'm going to say something bad right now. Okay. It, it's a missed opportunity that we don't have more of Information. a Rolodex to work with with Julian Goche. Agreed. Like, we we shouldn't be sitting here this offseason talking about what Julian Goche can and can't do. We mm-hmm. just – it's so murky. That's a failure that it's this murky. It shouldn't have been this murky. But it, it is what it is at a certain Couldn't point. Agree and it's, it's, it's a bit of a bummer. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, just real quick, I'm just going to read this one, and then we'll go to our friend Fitz, who's going to be joining us in a second, talk New York sports. Mm. Uh, this is from Hockey Statminer. You saw this one. Uh, the top nine is Laugh, uh, Zibby, Boot, Panarin, Strom, Kako, Kreider, Heedle, Kraftstoff, and they use their number 15 or overall pick this year, and then Blue Breakaway, a.k.a. Greg, gives up gambling to find true love. I think none of that happens. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I would, I, as I said to hockey stat minor, yeah. it is more likely that um, it would be more surprising that the Rangers pick at 15 than me giving up gambling and finding true. Couldn't love. agree more. All right, let's go to our dear friend uh, Fitz. Who's going to talk about us. Kevin Durant, Jacob deGrom and New York sports and greatest New York athletes. As we had a, an amazing week in New York sports. Uh, let's go to that right now. Transition. Hey, we're back with our good dear friend. Fitz, who's been on this podcast a million times. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Uh, what do you, what's the name of the place you're at now? Odyssey, Odyssey Sports. Yeah, Odyssey, uh, Odyssey Sports, doing doing social stuff there. But social King, actually, uh, free free content of the week, and that's why we brought you on <laughs> to talk yes, about. Yes, I don't know though. Larry, <laughs> with the Josh Anderson uh, oh, revival, come on, I mean, right? we didn't we didn't talk about that, but we should talk about that. I I res- I'll go first. I respect the shit out of Larry for posting that. I think it's hilarious. It's self-aware. He knows that Josh Anderson probably had two tap-ins, but if you could take a victory lap like that, you got to do it. He did it. I, I respect it so much, especially because, like, in, in the piece where he's like, I know I was mocked, I was like, yeah, I was probably the one doing most of the mocking. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm now blocked by Larry on Twitter. So, Larry, if you're listening, please unblock me. I I, I, I wish respect to be you, you one day. Also, <laughs> just just – the props we have to give Larry Brooks for finally being self-aware enough to say that it was him telling the Rangers to go get Josh Anderson and that he was never hearing the name Josh Anderson out of anyone in the Rangers' front office's mouth. It was it's just Larry so wish. It's like me, it's like me coming on the show just talking about whichever met du jour that I <laughs> Well, hope this they is acquire. like when you talked about Jacob Trouba for two years and then it happened. Yeah, the difference is they listen to me. You know how I know they listen to me? Because they, they may or may not have tried to influence a certain company that shall not be named about us 
being employed with the certain company that you mean our paychecks greg never they, um, so they listened to me and they're, they it got to year two and they're like, shit, Jacob Truba, that actually makes a good deal of sense. These JB guys, and Gorin were taking notes, you know? Yeah. And that's why they're out on Eichel now. We keep talking about it. You, I don't know if you've heard about this, read about this. It's, they're out on Eichel, so. Yeah, no, uh, of course. Wink, wink. What's the, <laughs> the, the, the WandaVision meme? My, of my favorite thing of the Larry article is at the end as a total throwaway. Like, just at the total end. He goes, all right, they're both 21 years old. Adam or Ryan McDonough, who are you taking? <laughs> it's like, yeah, first of all, we did that like six months yeah, ago. Yeah, first of all, we, we had this conversation a long time ago, Larry. And the answer, and is, Adam the answer is Adam Fox. Yeah, it's not yeah, even close. It's, it's, it's not even close. No offense to Ryan McDonough, although Great after player. last night, yeah. mean, you never know. Yeah, you never but know. It's, it's so clearly Adam Fox. He's he's a stud. Like, I love McDonough too, but it's like, not. I don't even think it's a conversation. I thought he surpassed McDonough like, 20 yeah. games into the season, maybe. Like, it was just 20 games into his rookie year is what yeah. we're talking about. Right? Yeah, it was it was just a wrap. And then like it, this year, it, it it's he's the he's the best one since Leach. Like even my dad says that. He's also said that about Neil Pionk and and a couple other guys <laughs> along the way too. So you know he's not uh, batting 100 percent or anything. Neil but Pionk's he might be right on this one. He's a legend. But uh, I don't know if you saw this. The NHL uh, PA had their votes or whatever, and Adam Fox wasn't even in the top five. Of, of defensemen voted by all the players. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, but the, NHL, the NHL also said it was Alex Ovechkin who won that vote uh, originally. So yes. we, uh, let, let's take that with a grain of salt. Could... I, have, I have so many problems with the player polls that they always do. Like, they piss me off so much. One, the carry price stuff, which... You're in the right place. To, I was going to say, they're going to listen to this whenever it comes out and, and the, he's going to pitch like a 45-save shutout tonight and I'm going to be despondent, but... <laughs> They always vote him as the best goalie for like six, seven years. And I'm just like, I just don't understand. Like, do these guys just like, are they afraid of Carey Price or something? Did they lose a bet to him in juniors? Like, I don't get it. Dude, if Carey Price wins tonight, we are recording before the uh, Montreal-Vegas game. And they go up three. It's it's 2-1, right? Montreal right now? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I mean, disgusting. <laughs> I mean, if I mean if Carey Price can steal two games here and it goes Montreal and then the Islanders get to the finals, I mean, we might as well just... Find a nice bridge, you know what I mean? My, we'll yeah, my agendas are my agendas are dying before my eyes. Well, like, I'll jump literally. Together. It's it's yeah, I will I will say, I will say, um it would be hard to imagine a Canadian based team blowing a three one lead in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> it's never happened before. So that's good news. Yeah. Oh, so God. having to win three games with your back against the wall, that just seems far fetched for any team going up against a team deemed the best in Canada just doesn't seem possible. Very yeah, the uh, the over eighteen QMJHL this year, <laughs> the North Division. <laughs> I I I'm uh, I thought about this the other day and I was like, am I being crazy? I was kind of walking around and I was like, I think I'm going to take the under on whatever the points is for Connor McDavid next year. And I was like, I think that's like a lock because he only played oh. against the Canada Division. Well- yeah, it's it's a lock not because Connor McDavid isn't going to score a shitload of points. He's going to score a shit ton the, of points. The line's going to be inflated. It's it's going to be what? Like he was on pace for 160 points some shit. or something. Yeah, probably like so the line the line next year is going to be like 121 and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Connor McDavid isn't going to have 110 points next year. It's just occasionally he's going to play an actual hockey team. So there will be games where he just doesn't score. So yeah, you should take the under not because Connor McDavid isn't good and not because Connor McDavid won't score over 100 points it's just the line itself is going to be so inflated this is there's a whole podcast we're going to do later this year ryan where i explain to you how we can 
short certain lines coming up next season. We're shorting the NHL. It's going to be I'm a so lot of in. people are going to Fitz Fitz is going to be there too. Oh, I'm 100% just, in on the that. The lines are going to be so wacky next year because we had this weird ass season where some teams missed large portions of time because of COVID, other teams didn't play in competitive hockey games. So all of the lines next year are just going to be batshit crazy and there's going to be a way to make a whole shitload of money next year and I'm going to do it. I would like, like to make money. That was like this year too with like only playing teams in your division there there were just certain like every team had like one or two teams you just they just couldn't beat, right? Like uh off the top of my head, I know like the the Sabres, well, they couldn't beat anyone, obviously. Um the, the <laughs> they the did beat Rangers some teams like once. Yes, the Rangers couldn't beat the Islanders. The Devils the Islanders couldn't, couldn't beat the Rangers at all. Yeah, the Flyers, like the, the Flyers couldn't beat the Rangers for whatever reason. The Capitals Lombinho. couldn't couldn't beat the Devils. Like the, every game against the Devils was like an OT game. It was just like so some teams just had other teams' number and like that was an easy way to to profit also just betting on the Islanders in the first two rounds was just unbelievable. An insane amount of cash. I can't even. It's ridiculous. It's so disrespectful when, when they were, I understood kind of the series line against the Bruins being like, it was like, I got it at plus two ten, Right. But I, the, when the game three and four lines came out and each of them was plus plus one seventy five or, or 170 or 175, like back to back. And I, I was just looking at it. I remember talk, I was talking to someone about it. I'm just like, this This makes no sense. Like, I, I, I don't think people seem to just – I don't think people want to admit that the Islanders are good, and, and they are. You, it's just like, you have to respect the team. doesn't matter what the analytics say or whatever. They, like, the fact – what was the, the, the Jack Adams coach? Like, Barrett Trotz got one vote? Yeah, you got less votes what than David we, Quinn. What, are we joking? Like, it's ridiculous. I, I've watched Barry Trotz. I thought he was, like, world-renowned. Does no Do other people not think that? How does well, that even work? The, the Jack, Jack Adams vo- voting, and it's this isn't just hockey. We should say this is every sport. The Coach of the Year award is just which coach outperforms expectations the most, right? So yes. the Islanders, during the regular season, the Islanders kind of were what we thought they were, right? A, a perfectly sound hockey team that was destined to make the playoffs and give some team a hard time once they get into – seven game series like the the Islanders to quote the, the great late great then Danny Green they are who we thought they were they yeah. didn't outperform expectations had they have won the east then maybe Barry Trotz would have gotten votes but Barry Trotz did exactly what Barry Trotz does which is maintain his team never get too high never get too low just everything that's great about what makes the New York Islanders tick is what Barry Trotz did and it's not sexy and it's boring how many times have we said in this podcast that the Islanders are boring. It's not an insult to the Islanders. Greg Maddox is a crazy, boring human being, and he might be one of the three best pitchers to ever pitch in Major League Baseball. Like, calling someone boring is not necessarily an insult. It's just they're boring because never are you surprised by the outcome when it's negative because they don't have a lot of negative outcomes. You're only yeah, surprised like the by Tim outcomes Duncan when effect. it's positive. Yes. It's like the Tim Duncan effect. It, like, it, like, he was so boring, and he never talked, and he wore – jean shorts and sandals so people like don't seem to remember how like he just busted everyone's ass for 20 years essentially so i yeah without trying really (laughs) yeah exactly like the islanders are i i laugh because like every year it's the same thing the start of every season like i'll read previews uh and like you know standings predictions all that kind of stuff and everyone's like you know the analytics people will be like yeah you know the islanders they're definitely going to come back to earth this year like it's and i'm like okay well this has been happening for three years now. So at some point it's like, maybe 
your model is just wrong. Maybe the trot system doesn't account for the analytics that you're putting into place. They do something yeah. different there. It's a, it's everyone does their own. It's very belly checkian is the way I look at it. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. I mean, they, they, they're just, they don't have a bad player on the team. Like it's just crazy. <laughs> Fucking their they first lost... line has uh, Leo Komarov. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Like they lost Anders Lee and like, they didn't miss a beat. And like, I just keep thinking about how good they would be if he was playing because, like, he would have been a menace in some of these past couple series. Yeah, the the worst part about the Islanders is not the players that they have, but it's just, like, the random term they give their fourth-line players. Yeah. It, like, Matt Martin shouldn't be signed to a five-year deal. Ross Johnston shouldn't have gotten extended to what he got extended to. Leo Komarov shouldn't have gotten a four-year deal. Like, the stuff that Lou can actually control, which apparently seems to be just the fourth line, um, there are a lot of things that are wrong there. But they're not, like, actively bad players. Should Leo Komarov be getting a ton of minutes? No. But it seems like, for the most part, Barry Trotz understands that. Should Oliver Wallstrom be getting more minutes? Yes. But at the same time, Barry Trotz's top nine is so firm, what does it matter what happens with the bottom nine? It doesn't really. And it's... Yeah, it's and Walsh just, has come back so, from injury too, so that's yeah, bad. and it's just it's so painful how many good, not great, but just good players like Jordan Eberle. He's not going to be an all star, but that guy just fucks. <laughs> Anders Lee, he fucks. Yeah, uh, fucking, I love Anthony Beauvillier. He's oh probably my, my favorite non Ranger. Easily, that's easily under my the favorite non Ranger. Yeah, it, and it's just like it's a bunch of him. Like Barzal is the star, but Barzal is just. The, the talent level between Barzal and everybody else, just it, it isn't that wide. It isn't as wide as people think it is. No, 100%. And, like, building off of that, like, Beauvillier, you know, I saw that they've been tweeting out the stats from, from Josh Bailey, like, since Barry Trotz has gotten there. He's, like, a point-per-game player in the playoffs. Like, how did like that happen? Brock, yeah, like, him, Brock Nelson, and Beauvillier are all, like, either a half point a game or above. Like, they're just all, you know, my fav- my, like, favorite expression is the whole – you know, there's 82 game players and there's 16 game players, and the Islanders are like the the literal definition of a, a team full of 16 game players. Like they all just raise their level of play in the playoffs. And like, I have the, a real good first, topic follow up for this. All I'll leave it on is Pelic, Pelic, and Pulak are studs. Both of those guys, they're, they're tremendous. Who would you say fits on the record on June 20th? Is a 16-game player on the New York Rangers as of right now. So uh, this is going to be unpopular because I know I agree with I know where we're going with this. It is going to be unpopular. It's Chris Chris Kreider. I agree with you. Yeah, like he is a he is he's a 16-game player. Like has been literally since he started, he made his debut in the playoffs and like scored a bunch of big goals in that run, Uh, the Cup run year. Yeah, everyone always talks about, you know, obviously the game five against the Penguins after Marty St. Louis' mom passed away is mm-hmm. like the turning point. But Chris Kreider came back from injury that game too. And like him coming back changed everything, you know. So Chris Kreider also I, scores I, with two minutes left versus the Capitals to keep the yes. series alive. There's a lot of Chris Kreider great two, moments. Two goals in, in the game six against the Caps and the three three uh the three one comeback after that tying goal in game six. Yep. The one where it was like 150 degrees in the arena. Uh, Hank said he was pouring sweat out of his boot after the game. Cool. Um <laughs> but yeah, Chris Kreider's 
I think Chris Kreider is the only one, to be honest with you. Like, because none of the other guys have been in them yet. You know what I mean? They haven't been there. But, like, I guess you could project one. Like, they tried to do the Carolina series, and everybody got waxed. But I think people were still injured at that point, and it was a bubble. So I can't really say anything definitive. But I think you're right. So far, the only people we really know – I mean, I'd probably say Adam Fox is a 16-game player, just like an accident. I think he wakes up like that. But uh, other than that, I I don't know that about Panarin. I don't know that about Kaka or Lafreniere at all. Kravtsov, et cetera. It's just, just, just. The, it's probably just Adam Fox and Chris Kreider right now. I know that oh, Adam yeah. Fox hasn't been there, but I, I yeah. would say Panarin just because I know he, like, just from looking at his past playoff stats, um, like he had the one year with the Blackhawks when they decided to trade him. Uh, he was like terrible in that series where they got swept by the Preds, but yep. like they, they basically put the blame on him. But the next couple of years with the Blue Jackets in like some of those playoff series, he That's was true. like a point per game player. So I would say he probably is. Yep, exactly. So it's really it's really a short list right now. Like that's why I kind of wanted them last year when they had the chance to win the qual like in the qualifying round to like at least get into a playoff series just to see. You know what I mean? Just to see some of these kids and like who steps up when you know the lights are shining the brightest because that's, that's was the thing. only one in that carolina series man he really yeah. was that was yeah, it he was he looked fantastic if he would have scored a couple more points it would have been i mean that's he was like very Capo caco story he was very close point. to scoring many times and then just absolutely didn't the Capo caco story <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what it yeah, is exactly uh, so the rangers uh, i don't know it's <laughs> I guess we're going to find out who, who they view as 16-game players this offseason, right? We absolutely are. Uh, the trades will be going down sooner than later. Uh, we did bring you on to talk some New York sports. Uh, unfortunately, we've already talked about the Islanders at length. They are the kings of New York sports right now. I know Kevin Durant is your guy and lost in a heartbreak game seven versus Giannis and the Bucks. Uh I know you and I talked about the, the level he's at is almost unmatched, with the exception of probably Jacob deGrom right now. I would like to give you your platform to talk about Kevin Durant at all uh, currently. Yeah, yeah. So to preface this, I'll, as you guys know, and like people who follow me on Twitter obviously know, like I'm a Warriors guy. Yep. Um, so I got to watch him play. Like I'd say during those three years, on average, I was watching like 65 of the Warriors games a year and then including the playoff games just because like, you know, it was a level of basketball, honestly sports that like I've just never seen in my life before. They were – just a juggernaut, but like the 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 growth he took, I guess, as like a more of an overall player. Like he's always been good, a little underrated on defense. His playmaking has always been really good, but like he was playing center basically those last four games, or pretty much this whole series, to be honest with you, off a of torn Achilles, playing every single minute. Um, you know, I, I tweeted this out, I think, two either a year or two ago like asking the the question, like who's the best athlete in, in New York sports right now? And, you know, everyone said DeGrom. A lot of people said like Saquon at the time. Panarin obviously was in there too. Um, you know, Judge, you had a bunch of guys mentioned, but a lot of people like weren't saying Durant. And I was like, I, I don't think people seem to understand how good a healthy Kevin Durant is, like in terms of just, he's going to be one of the, the 10 to 15 best basketball players of all time at this rate. Like it's, he's, He's just phenomenal, and and I, I wish the Nets mattered more in New York because yeah, see, the, he the would last be the number point, one talking point. But Fitz, the la- the last point is why people don't say it. Everybody just forgets that Brooklyn's in New York. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it if if Durant was on the Knicks, I don't think the answers would have dis not included Durant. I I do think it's that simple. I it's we every New York sports fan for the most part just has a blind spot called Brooklyn, and we yeah. just. 
It's not it's not in New York, apparently. It's somewhere else. It might as well be New Jersey, from what we've all been told. Um, well, the thing is, like, like they are more of a national story than they are a local. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, big time. You turn on the radio and you'll hear the Knicks talk or you'll mail Mets Yankees at this time of year and football season. It's all football. You know, hockey doesn't get coverage in New York. We know that like, that's just the way it kind of is. Cause there's a ton of other teams, but like the Nets are, they just recently became a little bit more of a talking point because they have three of the best players in the world on their team, including in my opinion, the best player in the world right now. It's Katie, in my opinion, I, I no disrespect to LeBron. Um, but like, there's a. I always say there's a clear top four tier of NBA players right now, and it has been this way for like ten years now almost. It's in any order you want. It's LeBron, it's KD, it's Kawhi, and Steph. I agree. You know, now, those are, what's up? I agree. I'm, I was gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit you with a couple of Kevin Durant related points about what Ooh. just happened. Let's hear. And it. I want. I want you to agree or disagree. I'll give you the layup first. Is um, this series only goes seven because of Kevin Durant? The, Agreed. It's, the, yeah. it's the only reason why the Bucks That's didn't the, win. That this is year. a layup. Yes, that yeah, that is easy. a layup. <laughs> the only reason last night goes into overtime is because Kevin Durant is a special human being and got them there. Yep, agreed. At the same time, we can be critical of Kevin Durant's decision making on the final shot of the game. Correct. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know. I, it, it, he's one of the smartest players I've ever seen play the game. So it's sho- it was shocking to me that it just seemed like he was just unaware of how much time was left. That's the yeah. only way I can d- defend. It, he must have thought that he he let that shot go with less than a second left when there yeah. was what two point one when yeah. it went off I think around around like two seconds left. Yeah, yeah. So Durant gets them to game seven. Durant gets them to overtime in game seven. Durant is the only reason why the Nets had any claim to winning that series. And yet, something happens on that last play where Kevin Durant didn't realize what the hell was going on, and that's why we didn't see a second overtime. Yeah, no, like I, I completely agree. The, to to me, like he said it too. He was like, obviously, everyone's seen. If you watch the game, you saw the image of his foot on the game tying shot at the end of the it's fourth. It's like, like just an inch. If his if he's a half the size smaller in shoe size, it, the 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 Nets are still playing right now. Um, and and my he he was going for the three, and I think he kind of alluded to it too, because he knew he was he was gassed. Like the tank was on was was. Yeah, he's played just every game, all every minute of every game for like the last four games or whatever. whatever yeah. It was. yeah, yeah. The last three games, he played every single minute. Games five, six, and seven. That's, once, that's once, so insane. It's unbelievable. I mean, especially considering, I mean, like the torn Achilles part of this too is just and nuts. no one else like, can score on his team right now. Harden couldn't move. Like Joe Harris was like uh, awful, a non-factor. Awful. Kyrie obviously on the sidelines. Well, I, I would disagree. I think Joe Harris was a big factor, big factor for the Bucks. Like I think, like he was actively helping Milwaukee in yep. last night's game. Blake Griffin was their second leading scorer. I'm pretty sure last night. Like Griffin was good, the, man. He, he was the only other guy in the Nets that when he had the ball, I was like, yeah, they could score here. Yeah, yeah. He was like the only hits other a big three too. Was a threat. And and I mean, Hart, I I I give Harden credit for gutting it out, and especially for playing as many minutes in those three games that he played as he did, but or two games as he did. Um, but some of the like turnovers he makes, I mean, it's just, he, he, he's just not a big games. He just, he just disappears, man. Like it's to me, to me, it's like that. He doesn't have that explosive ability. He usually does. He doesn't have, he can't like do the, Oh, everyone knows he's going to pass it. Like he can't run to the basket. He's going to shoot a three or pass it. So you just play that. And his transition game was like basically neutered. I mean, you saw like the the, the clips from, I think it was game six where he would like, 
he would grab a board or something and like his instinct was to just fly up the court and then he remembered like as he took a dribble oh, i that, can't like, move fuck i can't do this so like <laughs> let me let me pull up and dish the ball off but yep you know the, the turnovers were just some of them were brutal um you know and he just has a history of this in big games like i i saw it all the time when they played the warriors um you know there's obviously the famous spurs series where manu blocks him on the last shot he had like nine points in that game he got benched um against the clippers like way back when when and and houston started a 3-1 comeback with like him on the bench so you know again i give him a ton of all the credit in the world for toughing it out because that's that's uh, that's admirable for me you know i i'm not a fan of guys playing through injuries like that anymore i'm like that in hockey and like that in basketball but um i give him kudos for that because because that was that takes some some cojones you know what i mean it it is crazy though that as good as James Harden is, as great as he is on his own in games of less significance, it's just it it's just crazy that he really is though the perfect third option to play with Kyrie and Harden. It it's just too bad that he's going to be making like fifty million dollars a year in order to be the third option. But it's that man was just born to hang around a three point line as a looming threat while two other stars are just cooking. The entire yeah. time. Yeah. So it allows him to drift in and out of games if he wants. Like it's it's just a better, you know, situation. I, I don't like Harden because I, I hated his style of play in Houston, you know, like during the Daryl Morey era. Um, you know, just dribble for 20 seconds and it's like cont- huck a contested three, try to get fouled, throw it to someone else for like a three. So like I just I don't I don't like that style of play. Um but like alongside, I mean, the, the 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 worst part, we never saw them play together. You know, the big three, they played eight games together. So like it, it the dirty little secret is that all three of them have player options at after next season. Oops. So they could all they could all dip. Oops, I don't think they will, but we'll see. I don't think they will either. I, Kawhi I, I might dip from the Clippers though. That's gonna be good. Ky, Kyrie Kyrie is a wild card. I can't I can't sit here and tell you for sure what's gonna. He could retire next season. It wouldn't surprise me. Like he could just he. Everything's on the table with Kyrie Irving. I just I don't know what to expect, and I say that as his um, fantasy basketball dynasty owner. I just expect him to be on vacation at all times when I need him to play. So, so the the Durant I think will end up staying, but the the little thing to remember with Durant, and this happened during his Warriors tenure, like they had a game in Seattle because he was drafted by the Sonics and he played a year there before they moved to OKC. Yep. Um, and like he came out wearing his Sonics Durant jersey during the warmups, like got a standing ovation, gave like a speech to the crowd. Oh, um, the Seattle franchise. Yes, yes. If Seattle gets a team, I think that might be where he goes to like end his career essentially. But um, yeah, next year is going to be really interesting for the Nets. Uh, you know, they need to find a center. They, I guess DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan just didn't get off the bench. Didn't the work out. The forty no, million dollars. Forty million dollars for being KD and Kyrie's friend. What a life. Half the Rangers that, salary cap this year. Cool. That's that's a pretty good bag though, huh? Nice. Oh, bag. That's, just, that's amazing. I, wanna, I wish I wish I had really tall friends who could just have me around for a couple million dollars a year too. It seems nice. It would be great. Uh real quick before I get to uh, my New York sports topic here. I, I I do think this is like the Bucks best chance they're going to have in the next 5 years and they have to win this year otherwise it's just not happening for Giannis. I'm just Yeah. Not, no, that's it. 100 100% like this is this is the win the window is now. Like uh you know, if you assuming, you know, we're recording this before game 7 of Philly and, and the Hawks, but like I I think the Sixers will win, but at this point who knows with them. Who knows? Um, but I think Giannis can beat them himself. 
and then yeah, and then from there it'll be Suns Giannis, and then that'll be a, a bloodbath. Well, will question: Will it be Suns Giannis? Because without CP three, I I don't know. I to me, I was going to ask you guys. From where I say it, it's it sure feels like the Clippers are the team of destiny. If Kawhi right was Even, healthy, I would say yes, but he's but I again, it's Kawhi not being healthy. I think CP three possibly missing a couple games in the series is a huge fucking deal. Yeah, well, I mean, they already, you know, Booker went went on off in game one today. Uh, the Suns, Suns got that win, but the, the Clippers hung around a lot better than, like, I expected. Like, the, the Suns have more talent all over the roster once you get past, like, PG and Booker, basically, was with CP3 and Kawhi out. But I, I've i been impressed with the Clippers. Like, Ty Lue is a really good coach. Like, he, he basically, for a lot of time, just, like, was the, everyone just – basically gave all the credit that of stuff he did to LeBron, which mm-hmm. is like understandable. That's the NBA. But uh, I mean, they went down 2-0 in each of the first two rounds and they, they came back and won the series, which is unbelievably impressive. Like he, you know, from a lot of basketball people I follow who are like, you know, know the X's and O's of the game. He's like the best, one of the three or four best tactical like adjustment coaches in the game right now. Right now in New York sports, and I, uh, I'm, I think you'll all agree with me. In tier one, there's Jacob Degrom and Kevin Durant, that yeah. and that is tier one by itself. Am I missing anybody that I should be saying there in the big four no. sports? Okay, no. I, I before games six and seven, I I would have said it would be a little ridiculous. It, this is not a knock on KD. It's just the level at which Jacob Degrom is at right now. I would have said before games six and seven that it would be crazy to include anyone else in this tier. I think you would make a the- case. I think I I don't like Jacob Degrom is doing his, historic things, you know what I mean? And, and KD just ended up to, like you said, game six and seven like did historic things. So I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Is this the first time in maybe the last like thirty years that the Yankees haven't had like a tier one player? That's a no. good question. No. What, what, what would you say? Like what the the mid two thousands teams before oh nine? Who who would have been a tier one player post Jeter? I guess just I guess Judge, right? Judge, right? Really His but even year. then, it was one year. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. And I guess he got the the MVP, the MVP year. Because right now it's Garrett and... Cole. He'll he'll be a tier two along with like Harden, with you know Irving. So obviously, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll see how tier two Garrett Cole is without the uh, sticky stuff. Yeah, the whole sticky stuff thing is a uh, it's a nightmare. The MLB. Would you joke. guys put Panarin in, in tier two? I would. Yes, I would. Uh, have it well, yeah, I I think tier two is a whole murky level of there's a lot of players this guy to it if given the opportunity yeah right yeah that's kind of where we are it's a big list i think you know from going just from each team really quick it's like Kyrie irving and harden from the nets uh i think you can make case for randall in 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 the second tier for the knicks and that's about it uh but i don't know after the playoffs i don't know what you can think about randall maybe he's a tier three guy i have no idea from panarin just from the rangers i think you could just put barry trotz by himself (laughs) yeah (laughs) barry trotz in the islander system i I don't think you could put panarin in tier two and not put fox in tier two yep uh barzal would be there too yeah definitely big time i I was gonna say fox i think things should be on because of uh I mean, he, he was a Norris finalist this year. Probably should have won, but we all yeah, know. Yeah, and I just – I I think it – I don't know if this year was a good example of it again because it's a COVID season. I just think the Rangers could survive if Artemi Panarin gets injured. I don't think they'd have a shot in hell if Adam Fox disappeared. Like, if Adam no, Fox was left for two weeks, that team doesn't win for two weeks. They're toast. They're, 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 they're cooked barbecue chicken if they were to ever lose Fox for, like, an extended period of time. 
That's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, and so I think that's, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know if there's other, any, are there any Mets in Tier 2? Relindor, I guess, is getting up there finally, right? I mean, Pete, Pete will always be in Tier 2, in my mind, but I think you have to put Lindor in Tier 2 just because of the expectations that are thrust upon that man's shoulders. Right. Um, and I also think he's just going to be fine. He's, would you put I, Saquon in Tier 2? I would. I think I, I would, know. too. I just, I, running backs are so not important. I know, I know. Like, it's, it's, that that's the thing. Like, I understand that Saquon is great and game-changing, but at the same time, they could win with fucking Wayne Gall if they wanted to. Like, it's, the the reason they were losing was not because Saquon wasn't available. It's because Jason Garrett's an idiot, and Daniel Jones isn't very good. Like, it's that simple. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. And I think, like, the Tier 3, would you say, is a lot of, like, the budding young stars. So, like, uh... A lot of RJ Barrett in tier three. RJ, exactly. Maybe quickly. Did you just did you just put Um, an offensive lineman from the Jets in tier three? What is wrong with you? Did you think I wouldn't notice? Is is that guy? (laughs) (laughs) You think I wouldn't notice? That's hilarious. Kai Becton is a beast. So if if we asked you this question in 2008, is the Brickishaw Ferguson tier one? Nick Mangold tier yeah, two. Nick Mangold might literally be a tier two guy in 2008. Nick Mangold and DeBrigashaw are like Hall of Famers. Yeah, Re- Revis is definitely tier one in 2009. I just you you put Mackay back then in tier three. What is Listen, wrong with you? <laughs> you don't win unless you win in the trenches in the NFL. Yeah, you so Will Hernandez tier three. Got it. Got it. Got it. No problem. Stop. <laughs> Mackay Becton had like all pro flashes last year. I no, I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. So Zach Wilson tier three. No, Zach Wilson, I couldn't be more out on. I said this to Fitz in private. I'm just so out. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. I I hope he's good for Jets fans' sake. I just couldn't get I can't get excited about that guy once. So every picture I see him, he just looks incredibly out of place. And I hate to be Bill Simmons, like look like a quarterback, kinda like who who gets the you know the Bill Simmons joke was like who gets to drive the car if they're all hanging out? Yeah. It's yeah. just like it's never him. <laughs> it's never Zach Wilson. It's He's, somehow still Mark Sanchez. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. I'm, I, I'm at this point in my Jets fandom. I'm like, you know, I have a couple. Both my uncles are are big Jets fans, and like, you know, one's in his mid sixties, the others in his like fifties, and like, they're just, they're all just like, yeah, like what? I was like, you guys excited for for Wilson or like any of the picks? He's like, who cares? Like, they're gonna ruin him anyways. I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna just accept that fact too with you guys. Like, I'm just gonna be that for the rest of my life as with the Jets. It doesn't matter. I, I, they were one game away, man, from having a generational uh, quarterback. Sean, Sean McVay, man, he he will not see heaven for what he did. <laughs> the the, pro, the problem is, Jesus. like, the Jets have finally gotten, in my opinion, a head coaching hire correct. Yes. And it's still not going to matter because they just put their eggs in the wrong basket with the quarterback. I know. I know. That's the, that's the most frustrating thing is, like, I like oh. everything pretty much Joe Douglas has done since he's he's become the GM. Um but like putting all your eggs in this kid who had one good year of college against subpar competition, like that's just yeah. Like if if you wanted to go with the 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 kid who looks good against questionable competition, you should have just gone Trey Lance. Exactly. And then I I understand that the big old big old uh, Ohio State can't produce a quarterback vibe is out there, but so stupid. We've seen Justin Fields do it. it. This is this is kind of how I felt with Deshaun Watson when he was coming out of Clemson. Like what? What more of a test do you want to give a college player than playing against the pro team, which is Alabama? And Deshaun Watson beat them. And you're going to tell me that he shouldn't have been the number one quarterback taken in that year's draft? You shouldn't yeah. be surprised. That's why, a- like, it's fine. People that want to put faith in Trevor Lawrence, it's fine. He, uh, to me, he's tested all that good stuff. But Justin Fields, like nobody else did it to Alabama like Justin Fields did. 
What are we doing? It's, it's amazing he fell after basically having one bad game this year. Like everything stemmed from one bad game, and then the like the games after that just didn't matter. Apparently, like I'm not sick. a huge college football fan, but I watched the playoffs and stuff, and I was like, okay, like what's what's the holdup with this dude? I don't get it. I like I don't see it. I I don't know what Zach Wilson did. Like what what conference did he play in? Maybe BYU. I don't know what that uh, conference is. It's like the the Mountain West, maybe the mid. No, the, I, they used to be Mountain West, but I think BYU is independent now. Cool. Like I I don't know. Was he their biggest <laughs> game was against Coastal Carolina, and they lost. They yeah. lost <laughs> their their most important game of the year against a team that was also undefeated. They lost to Coastal Carolina. Like I can't when when people. Oh my God. I went down their schedule and people were like, Oh, it's tougher than you thought. And you just look at everybody they played. It's like they're garbo. Boise State had an awful year. That wasn't an impressive game that BYU played this year. I don't know. I just, if, you, if you're going to go on hopes and dreams and hope that you get a quarterback right, I don't know how you look at Trey Lance and then you look at Zach Wilson and go, You know what? Give me Zach Wilson. Uh, Justin Fields. I, you know, I'm not even a Jets fan. I really don't care. Uh, I, I, I don't even follow the NFL the way it used to be. But to, to, Pass on two certified talents in that way is embarrassing, and it can never come back to bite them. So that's good news. Oh God, it's going to be so bad. It's it's, it, I can't wait for Zach Wilson's three interception opening day game as as Matt Rule is having Sam throw just perfect passes to Robbie Anderson and dude. DJ you Moore know Sam Darnold's going to look great this year, right? Oh, it's going to be. I so think he's going to miss. I think he's going to miss a month because he's absolutely getting sick. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's not like we have. It's not like we don't have track record of that guy just having a shitty immune system. You're going to tell me that he's not going to get vaccinated and everything's going to be hunky dory? Yeah, bullshit. I got news for you there, buddy. Get the graphic ready. Let's go. The Jets are such a mess. Oh my god, it's the worst. All right, uh, Fitz. Anything else you want to talk about with uh, Katie? Would, would it raise your spirits if we just go on for ten minutes about Jacob Degrom right now? Because I can do that in a heartbeat. You can do oh, it. Go oh on. man. It, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll just wrap up my my KD stuff like this. Is that I, I I just don't think we've seen. It's been so. I him and Degrom are like there's there we haven't seen players like this in this city in a long time. You know, so I just think uh, I just wish more people would appreciate the the greatness of KD. It's it's first of all, it's ridiculous that he's getting like more credit for a seven game series loss in the second round than he did for winning two championships in three years with the Warriors, but that's just like I mean, narrative. Steph Curry helps. I'm just saying like, was a big, was a big deal. I know. I know. But still it's, it's, I don't know. I, it's, it just sucks that he's, I feel like not respected around here. Like he should be. If he was a Nick, every person would have a Durant jersey. They would be talking about him. Like he's a top five player of all time. Already. I, it, it, it really is the Nets factor. That it is. is. It's just, it's kind of crazy to see, so many examples of how it's just because nobody gives a shit about Brooklyn. It really, it's that simple. Like, honestly, think of, if Durant was in any other market, any other market, we'd be talking about him nonstop. Like if he signed with, if he signed with the wizards and was doing this shit, it would be nonstop. But it's the fact that he went to the one market, he went to a, a, a market with one team and he didn't go to that team. And that team, everybody admits the Knicks suck. We all get it. Like we, fun we, year this year, this year, that this year, this year was incredible. Uh, how about how about this as a, a what if year? Um, even after the year the Knicks had, I understand this will never happen. I understand this is a hypothetical that I am just making up on the spot. But boy, you're telling me you'd rather have Tom Thibodeau than Rick Carlisle? I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure. That's a tough. Well, I I 
would probably take Carlisle over Tibbs, but they'll never do it. They they'll never, never do it. Zero percent chance. Where Tibbs, where does Carlisle go? And also, when is Luca Nick? <laughs> so, Ooh, so Car- it's, it's actually Zion. So if you could relax, it's both of them, baby. Let's get. Both. Oh my god! If both of them are Knicks, I'll just like. <laughs> I, I, the Lucas, the Lucas stuff is so funny to me. I, I, I like. I'm loving everything about the dysfunction with the Mavericks. Like, I like Luca, and he's obviously that guy. But he is like Harden in Houston to me. You know what I mean? Where he is the highest usage guy in the league by like a countrywide margin. Like. He flops. He complains all the time. He's clearly like I, I think a little difficult to get along with. Reading like some of those those reports that came out right. about him and the Mavs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the Knicks are in a good position to eventually trade for a disgruntled star, and eventually, I mean, there's like four that come up every year. Now, it does so. seem like the Zion thing is probably yeah. I mean, you saw the video of it's, him from last year, right? Yeah, it's infectious. Yeah, it's that, like oh, this that dude was be- that dude was beaming about playing in New York. It was so cool. Zion's uh, uh, freaking awesome. He's so good. But it, and we also gonna... we all think New Orleans seems dumb enough where they're not going to. Carlisle isn't saying, yeah, no, that's where I want to go. I don't right? think so. Like, Carlisle, Carlisle seems like a smart enough guy where he was smart enough to get out of Dallas, so he's not going to go to a situation worse than Dallas, which is what New Orleans feels like. You know where I could see him possibly going? Maybe uh maybe Portland? Boston. No, maybe Boston's Boston. Boston I think I don't think Stevens I think Stevens is a little insecure. I can't believe I Stevens gonna... is not the coach anymore. That's so stupid. Like what are they doing? I but I I think I think Stevens wants to find the next Stevens and he wants to like put his stamp on a guy that hasn't done it yet. So oh, I, I can't... know a perfect person for him. Is it Chauncey Billups? No, it's Jim Beheim. <laughs> yeah, you're you trying to play the zone. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jim I got news for you though, buddy. Jerry Jerry McNamara, his first season as coach, is going to win five games. Uh, it's, yeah. Well, did you see we have both Beheims on the team this year now, right? Oh God. His other son transferred from Cornell. That's the best. God bless. If if you're a parent and your kid's going to Cornell. And you're a Bayheim, so that kid is not going to play college, pro basketball. It just ain't going to happen. He's at Cornell, and he goes, you know what would be really cool if I played for dad at Syracuse? Me, if I was that parent, I'd be like, stay the fucking Cornell. Get that degree from an Ivy League school. And be- I get that he's a Bayheim and he's set for life anyway, so I guess it doesn't fucking matter where he graduates from. But I, can't Im- I cannot imagine your kid at Cornell, uh, Ivy League school, one of the top schools in the United States, saying – Boy, it'd be great if my six-foot white body could play two-three zone <laughs> at Syracuse for my dad. That makes a whole lot of sense. So, so, so this his, his name family. is all. Yeah, exactly. His name is also Jimmy Beheim. The oh, one who transferred. He's six-eight. He's a forward. Oh, he's six-eight. Yeah, he actually had some good. What the hell? He averaged seventeen and six boards a game this year. He shot terribly. Yeah, in the Ivy League fits. I know. Oh, you, buddy, you you think you're gonna convince wait, no, me that the, Syracuse are you sure? players wait, will work? He, I thought Ivy League didn't play this year. Uh they must have play? played. It's sh- oh, you're right. He might not have played this year. Yeah, they didn't play this 2019, year. 20. So yeah, he must have gotten an extra year of eligibility, which is even better. We're getting a guy who hasn't played in like two and a half years. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> they they lost that. their their backup point guard, who's a freshman decided to, to transfer because uh, allegedly Beheim told him that 
uh, Joe Girard was going to be the starting point guard next year, no matter what, which is just oh hysterical. God. And this kid who's transferring, he's getting looks from Kentucky and Kansas for like transfer portal stuff. I'm like, good. That's what, that's exactly what Syracuse needs. I can't, I can't do it with college basketball, man. It's so corrupt. Joe, it kills me. Joe, Joe Girard, I get, I have to say nice things about him because he's like the best upstate New York product to come from Ever. here since Jimmer. Um, he broke Jimmer's scoring yeah. record. He had like offers to play quarterback at some schools, but boy, that guy is just a fucking wet fart. Let me yeah, tell you, he right sucks. Now. He's he just, I, I, he, his body's just so doughy. It, I don't know. I got, I, mean, I got he, no he, nice things to say about. He was billed as like this knockdown shooter, and he can't shoot, and he can't run the offense. So it's like, whoa, they don't have an offense, first of all. But I mean, it's it's just horrible. Syracuse basketball is, yeah, and you know choke. what. All all this is true, and guess who's going to be in the elite eight next year? Uh, because so I don't under they're listen. They're just a team full of sixteen game players, Fitz. <laughs> God damn it! You really turned that around on me. Circle, Fitz. I so the on. the thing is that they they'll just make the Sweet Sixteen because the, whoever they'll play in the first two rounds won't be an ACC team, and they will have never played against the zone, and the coach will just be absolutely just baffled by this thing for the first like. 30 minutes i've of the never game. seen this before what uh, do i do the the dude this the first game they played this year the san diego state game i was watching with my with, with my dad and my dad knows how much i hate Bayheim and everything and i was just like i was watching the offense san diego state was running they were just passing the ball around the perimeter and hucking up like 28 foot threes and i'm like this is just how do you not know how to beat this zone it's not like it's new there's they haven't updated it in the 50 years this guy's been here Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for my, Syracuse. All, all good though. Makai Becton tier three. Makes perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Fitz, we're getting out of here, buddy. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Jacob Degrom is a legendary. So is Kevin Durant. Everybody else is tier two or tier three. The, the whole, the whole reason we're recording this on a Sunday night is because I'm, I'm paying money to go see Jacob Degrom throw a baseball tomorrow. As you should. Uh, Monday. As you is should. He, is he definitely pitching tomorrow? Yes. He's definitely pitching. It's definitely a bad idea. So I'm God, definitely yeah. going to be there for it because I need my heart broken. He I'm probably happy. shouldn't swing anymore. Even though I know he like gets RBIs every time he swings. Like maybe he doesn't do Both, So he's blamed. He's blaming the elbow and the shoulder on swinging. So maybe and we I don't do that, that anymore. But I, I, at the same time, he's driven in three runs on both those swings, which is as been, just one less than the runs he's given up on the mound. No, I think it's four, isn't it? Oh, whatever. It doesn't he's matter. given up four on the mound. He's driven in six. Yeah. But on the two swings that he's gotten hurt on, it was a two-run single and an RBI single. Oh, my God. Just oh. it's uh, just get the DH. Unbelievable. Let's let's get this over with at this point. Not that hard. It's not that hard. But DeGrom should just do the – the fucking day and not take yeah. the bat off them. I was gonna say, don't even, don't even step into the box. Yeah, I would stand outside, but I just throw four over. Go ahead, three over. So, <laughs> all right, all right, we're out of here. Uh, we love you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Orion Media. Follow Greg at Blue Break. Follow uh, Fitz. What's your uh, what's your handle these days? Fitz underscore. Uh, at Fitz GSN underscore. Cool, it's, still, cool. it's still GSN. Yeah, I didn't know if it was still GSN or not. That's why I was curious. So. <laughs> I just can't change it at this point. I feel like. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm up to these days. So, so deep, so deep. All right, we'll be back next week. We love you guys. Bye. And this episode of Blisher's Breakaway is brought to you by our premium listeners, the GMs, the backbone of our organization. That is Alex Gardner, Amber Cohenberger, Ben Waters, Brian Doyle, Broadway Blisher Bleeder, CJ Stelwack, and David Narinen, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, George Obrinsky, JD, Jimmy Mack, Chris from Florida, Lazek, Gronkowski, Dan Matthew Kind, Pedro, uh, uh, this is going to kill me, Pavel Kadarev, Ryan, Stephen Lomayer, Dick Bull, Swingart, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, and Vinny Hay and Will Spector. Cannot do it without you. Thank you all so much. 
If you want to join at Patreon.com, please do it to support our stupid, shitty New York Rangers show. We'll be back next week with hopefully some big, big news. We'll see. Stay tuned. Love you guys. Bye.